Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time that may be, wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're listening to Rainbow's Weekly Podcast. I'm here with Tony McKinnon. We call him T-Mac, uh, the napping wonder. Yeah. yeah yes. <laughs> T-Mac. That should be like uh, uh, in the Olympics. Olympics? Yeah. <laughs> that should be a sport? Yeah, I could get a gold medal. Now, see, what we do, the way we do our podcast you know, here, um, we actually come to the podcast studio after lunch. Most people eat lunch. Tony sleeps over lunch. <laughs> no, literally, sleeps over lunch. He, if you heard our last podcast, yeah. He, yeah. he gets in this truck, he turns on the AC seated. You have a, have a, have a AC, what is it called? I, I got a heated and cool seats. Yeah. So and so in the, in the some wintertime, I warm my buns. In the, in the summertime, I cool my buns. Yeah, so... So he takes a nap. Yep. And so the bad part about it is then we come for a podcast and he's, ha- he's tired the whole time. <laughs> so, and this is the second one. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, We're fading fast people. Yeah. We always record, you know, two. So anyway, but we would love to hear from you. If you want to send us an email, you can email us podcast at rhema.org. Rhema spelled R-H-E-M-A. Also, we invite you to like us on Facebook and Instagram at Rama Podcast. Do they have to like us to like us? <laughs> you don't have to like us, but you, you know, you're to like our page or follow us on Instagram. Oh, okay. You know, and, and I'm really bad about putting up stuff on, on Instagram or Facebook, you know, even though I'm on social media every day. I'm just really bad about you know, updating our You're a lurker, not a poster. Yeah. Yeah, I don't post, you know, you know. You know, because how many selfies of me can I post? I mean, so it's like, um, yeah, you know, that's especially just, I mean, those bathroom selfies. I mean, you got to stop that, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't take bathroom <laughs> selfies just for, for, for you guys. I actually don't even take that many selfies anymore because my wife got mad at me for taking too many selfies. Mm. Well, it's the selfie generation. Yes. You know, but um, actually, I should take more. I'm, I, I, I was thinking the other day I need to take more. Not necessarily selfies, but more pictures of things I do. What if we take them together as an ussy? An ussy, yeah, uh. yeah, I know. So, and I'm I'm, I'm big up promoting selfies, but uh, I don't really. Now that I've lost weight, I don't take selfies anymore. Mm. I don't I don't know why. So when I was fat, I took more selfies, but and then get yelled at because like you need to find figure out another angle, you know? Because I'm not the kind of person that takes a selfie and then has some kind of special editing software, you know, you know. To make me skinny or to put makeup on myself or, or whatever. I call it you know. digital liposuction. Yeah, digital lipo. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, anyway. On that note, <laughs> we're going to bring in We today. should circle back. We should you know, circle forward, circle back, whatever we want to do. Um, we got with us uh, Zach Morris once again. He's a youth minister here at Rama Bible Church. So it's good to have you, Zach, on the program. Glad to be here. And so today's topic, we're going to talk about ministering to the youth of this generation, I, mean, I know one thing has always been on my heart to, to minister to young people, because I, I believe that living in the last days, according to Acts mm. chapter 2, it talks about that God's going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, but and then it specifically talks about young men and women. Mm. And, and so, I, and I believe we're living in the last days, and, and I think that, um, you know, a lot of people talk about how it just seems that our young people are going to hell, so to speak. I mean, you know, I mean, this generation is getting worse and worse, but you know, it's up to us to minister to this generation. And, you know, I, I think that a lot of this generation, they really want to see God for themselves. Mm. You know, you know, they don't want they it's not about their parents' God, you know, it's about their God. And I, I think that's, it's really important for this generation to see God. But you know what? This generation can't see God and can't see God work in their life if they're just going to a youth group 
where they're being entertained with, with you know, well, even children's church. I mean, start out children's church and mm-hmm. nothing wrong with VeggieTales. VeggieTales is kind of cool. But, but, you know, if it's all about showing movies and playing having games and having, having uh, that's, that's, that's hopefully, <laughs> hopefully if I don't. You know, they're not having nap time, you know. Maybe, maybe. I bet they do in children's church in some places, yeah. yeah. Like kindergarten, you know, nap well, time. Well, maybe kindergarten or yeah. whatever. But, I mean, church is only like an hour, hour and a half. So, if it's like, you know, nap in I'm time. just saying. But, I mean, there, there are a lot of ministries that it seems it's it's more about the pizza, the video games, the, mm. you know, the... You know the YouTube videos. It might be funny. I'm not. I'm not talking about preaching YouTube. I'm talking about funny YouTube videos. And nothing wrong with doing all that kind of stuff. Right. But we need to also minister the Word of God because these these kids need to see God move. Absolutely. And um, so I know that we have many tremendous things happen in our youth group here. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about about your philosophy in youth ministry? Absolutely. You know, I'm just like I was talking about last podcast, you know, just being raised around the moves of God and, you know, being around the anointing of God. You know, we obviously know that it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. And right now today we see so many, um, I would say, uh, gifted or talented speakers, specifically, um, I mean, all over the body of Christ. But in youth today, it's all about the alliteration or it's all about how you say it or the illustrations that they use. And I'm totally, uh, I mean... If I can say it, great. But if I don't say it, then, I mean, that's not my focus. My focus is on the, you know, operating on the anointing and being led by the Holy Spirit every single service. You know, if I'm in the middle of ministering and a kid is uncontrollably sobbing, you know, obviously God is moving on that student right there. Um, I'll stop what I'm saying right there and have him come up front and I'll say, tell us what's happening right now. You know, Jesus is in the middle of ministering in a house, you know, and they lower this guy down in the middle. He doesn't say, hey, take him back outside. I'm not done preaching. You, you messed know. up my illustration. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you messed up my illustration. Yeah. Um, you know, he stops the moment because God's doing something and he takes it and has it a, as a learning moment. You know, and so for me, it's most important about it's not what I have to say. It's what God has to say. A gifting will fill a room. But everybody who was in that room will leave the same way they came in. But if you operate in the anointing, um, people will come into that room and they'll leave radically changed. One way I talk about it and I teach it, especially in one of our classes at RBTC, is that, you know, if you are living out the word of God in your everyday life as a minister and as a youth pastor, then if I was to say, hey, Every single service, kid, you need to read your Bible. Go read, go home and read your Bible, read your Bible. Every week, every Wednesday, every Sunday, I'm saying read your Bible. But I don't read the Bible. Then they are going to go home and never read their Bible. But if I'm operating the anointing, like I live that out. And that's really what I, you know, have perceived as anointing is that a minister is actually living it. Because you can only take somewhere, take someone where you have been, um, because it's what you allow that flows through you. But, you know, if I'm operating the anointing and I, cause I'm actually reading the word, I'm actually figuring out who God is for myself. Then when I get behind the pulpit and I begin to speak that out and I begin to just use the word of God to uh, bring, um, bring uh, truth to what I'm preaching on. Then what happens is, is I didn't even have to say, go home and read your Bible. These kids are compelled by the Spirit of God to go home and read the Bible. Why? Because they were convicted, because that's what anointing does. You know, a gifting, well, like I said, will fill a room. 
but everybody who came will leave the same. They'll leave empty. And they'll leave empty. And that's what we see so much in youth ministry today is kids are coming and they're not changing. They're yeah, going. And it's not just youth ministry. It's, it's ministry. It's period. ministry. Period. It, it, it's churches. There are so many churches out today that, that they're doing a great job with all kinds of illustrations and all kinds of stuff. But people are coming and they're not getting something that's going to help them in their life. Absolutely. I mean, you know, they might have some kind of cool illustration, but if you, they go home and they're going to say, well, what'd you get today out of service? Well, there was an illustration about some movie or this, or I'm not, I'm not picking on any church, you know, particular, but right. you know, nothing wrong with using movies or using videos, but man, it's all about the word. Right. And so to me, I, I sense it. And you know, like we're all human. We all stumble. I'm not perfect. And that's not what I'm trying to say in this, but we need ministers. We need youth pastors today who aren't about the hype, who aren't about just the fashion. Now, I dress fashionably because, you know, my wife keeps me fashionable. Yeah, his ex pretty, y'all, just no, so you know. No, <laughs> no, yeah, pretty boy, Morris, right? Saved by the bell, but um, I dress that way just because, you know, I, my wife can keep me up to date and stuff like that. Like, I'm not trying to win kids over with my dress or the cool creative message or alliteration of how I say things. No, I'm going to allow the Spirit of God to win these kids over. That when they show up, they're not hearing me. They're hearing the Holy Spirit. And so I'll pray before almost every service, Lord, let you know you be the wheel with inside the wheel. Lord, like, like you be the one giving specific messages behind what I'm saying. You know, because what I have to say, you know, um, sometimes, you know, uh, is not the best thing that needs to be said in the room. It's what God has to say to these kids. And so um, I'm really big on that. Like, I cannot afford to not know where God is at and what God is doing. Because if I don't know where God is at, I don't know what God's thinking, I don't know what he's doing, then to be honest, I cannot, I'm not well equipped to lead this generation because this generation, especially these kids right now, are so hungry for God and what God is doing, what, what he's doing right now, not what he used to do. Like so many churches talk about what God used to do and how he used to move. And to be honest, like kids are sitting in there in the in the pew frustrated because all that's saying is that um, it's getting these kids to put their faith on what God used to do rather than what he's doing right now. And so to me, it's like as ministers, period. But as for me personally, it's a personal conviction. I cannot afford to not be in tune with what God is doing in our generation right now, how he's moving, how he's operating. And so to be honest, like, you know, um, like I wake up, you know, every day just to get into the word of God, because keeping yourself full as a youth pastor, you know, when you get behind that pulpit, you know, um, instead of speaking opinions, you should just fill them with the word of God. And this is what I was saying last podcast. The thing that I think I'm so appreciative about my dad's, um, kind of my dad going, he, he was more of a teacher. My grandpa was more of a preacher but I've combined the two of those things because that's what I grew up around that I actually teach and preach. Like the kids need the word, not my opinion. So I put all word into these messages for these kids, like all word, like, like you can ask them. If you ask any teenager, how many scriptures does Zach use tonight? <laughs> They're probably going to laugh and just say too many to count. Uh, Cause it, it's true. Like I, I, I'm going to put the word there, but then and make that word you know, uh, applicable to their life because when they, when the light bulb clicks and you can see it in the kids' eyes when you're ministering, when you're teaching it and all of a sudden it clicks, 
that's how you apply that word of God. Then you bring the fire behind it. Then you preach it. And these kids then are then compelled. It's like you're you, uh, to do it, to live it out because you, they see the excitement. They see the passion in your eyes that Jesus is real. Jesus is moving. And if Jesus can do it for me, he can do it for you. And so, um, I'm really big on keeping the word, the word and operating in the anointing. And I think that's why, you know, personally, I think as Smith Wigglesworth said, when the word and the spirit come together, there'll be a mighty move of God. And so really the focus, like, you know, youth pastors, they can be focused on games. They can be focused on events, you know, pizza parties, all those things, or dressing in cool attire, trying to win kids over with being creative. But I'm telling you that, um, what are you really raising? Like, you're, are you, you're building a social club, not really a place where, you know, kids' lives can be transformed and they can actually grow in a relationship with God. Um, so, to be honest, when I first got here, I sat down with Miss Denise and we talked about the vision of our youth. And I didn't want a catchy phrase. I just wanted our main purpose. And our main purpose is to for kids to know God's word, number one. And two is uh, to know God's word, to experience his love, and then to listen to his voice. And in these three things, a kid is going to find their relationship with God. So, so say that again for people. At yeah. home maybe I'll write that down. Yeah. The vision of our youth is to know God's word, experience his love, and listen to his voice. And the reason why we chose these three, you know, is because to know God's word, Jesus is the word. You know, in the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God. You know, and then that word became flesh and dwelled among us. So that word is Jesus. So if I want to get to know Jesus, I have to read the word. You know, he is the word. And we can't be doers of the word if we don't know what the word says. Exactly. And then, therefore, the Bible says, you know, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You know, when we think about that. So to have a loving relationship with Jesus, I actually have to do what he says. Romans 8 says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So the indication that you're a son or a daughter of God is that you um, are led by a spirit, which means you have to be able to hear his voice, recognize it, number one, which so many teenagers are going to youth groups that don't teach about how to hear God's voice, you know, and that's the most essential part about being his child is that I can recognize it, not only just recognize it, but then I can obey it. I can actually do what he's telling me to do. And that's how I grow in blessings of God. That's how I grow in a relationship with him. And that's how I prove my love to him. I listen, I recognize, and then I obey. And so these are the things that we've added. So knowing God's word, experiencing his love. You know, we, you know, we have a culture where, you know, we just, we love on kids that are dealing with so much. I mean, right now the culture is insane right now. Most youth pastors are dealing with things today that uh, a lot of them never had to. I just, I mean, just with, uh, honestly, homosexuality, lesbian, and we have students coming in right now struggling with those things and um, really having to come in as a youth pastor and have a culture of the love of God to accept them, but only let it go so far where you have to draw the line and speak the truth. You know, it's that balance between grace and truth that um, I'm also responsible for every teenager that is in this building. So I'm going to accept you and love you, but after two to three services, we're going to have a conversation about the word, what the Word of God says. And so I'm going to come to you and say, hey, this is what the Word of God says. Do you want help out of this lifestyle? 
if you don't want help out of the lifestyle, then I'll say, hey, we love you so much. God has a plan for your life, but um, we do not condone or support what it is you've chosen to live. So um, we're going to ask that, have to ask you not to come back, but you're welcome here anytime if you want help to find out who you really are in Christ. And uh, to deal with those, to have those kind of conversations, those are really hard. Those are really difficult. But, you know, um, what I would say is, is like, we are, there's a way to, for kids to experience God's love and to give the grace of God, but not compromising the truth. And so many youth groups are compromising the truth right now. That's why nobody's growing. Um, You have to continue to be truthful, but also operate in grace. And of course, the last one is listening to God's voice. You know, like I said, as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So like, we are teaching heavily how to be led. And it's really not even in our messages. Um, it is in our messages, but it's in the culture of our leaders. So the leaders that I train, I tell them how to have even conversations with these teenagers. So our leaders are not allowed to tell a kid what the Bible means. So if a kid comes up to a leader and they say, you know, I was reading this passage of scripture yesterday, what does it mean? Um, the way I teach it is to our leaders and train them is you're not allowed to tell them what that means to you. Why? Because that's your, that's your faith. That's your faith. That's the revelation God gave you. So our leaders respond with, what do you think it means? And the kids are like, well, I don't know. That's why I came to you. And they, we turn around and we're like, okay, let's read it together. We read it together with them. We walk the faith out with these kids and we don't just tell them what it means. We walk it out with it. We read it with them. And then we tell them, what did you get out of it? Well, you know, this kind of stood out to me. Why did that stick out to you? What's that word mean? Let's look at it. Let's look at the definition. Because what are we doing? We're building these kids' faith, not on ours, but actually allowing, showing them how to listen and hear for God for themselves. So this is where God spoke to me um, about two years into youth ministry where I got a call from a... Uh, actually a couple kids, but one specific girl, I won't name her name, but she called me sobbing. And this was two years in the youth ministry. She was in college. And um, she said, Zach, I, I feel like I, um, I don't believe in God anymore. I said, girl, what are you talking about? I watched service after service. I watched the service where you got filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence speaking tongues. I saw you get wrecked at the altar that one time. What are you talking about? You don't believe in God anymore. She said that in college, they actually teach... Um, I'll mispronounce it, but like progressive Christianity or also um, deconstructionism, I said that wrong, but in that they basically challenge all college students um, with what do you really believe? And they tear them down, and they're supposed to be a class to basically these kids to figure out who they are and why they believe what they believe. But in this process, they are questioning their faith, and these kids can't come up with an answer. So it's frustrating me at hearing this because I'm like, here's this young girl who I saw be impacted by God, and she's questioning it all. And I'm like, what? I, I, I said, God, what have I done wrong? You know, what do I need to change? And God took me to the passage in Matthew chapter 16 where Jesus is with the disciples, and he says, hey, who do you say that I am? And they're saying, some say John the Baptist, some say the prophet Elijah. And he said, no, 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 who do you say that I am? And that's when Peter asked, answered, he said, while you're the Christ, the Son and living God, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And on this rock I will build my church, 
and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. When I read that, light bulb went inside me, and it was like God said, if the gates of hell are prevailing against them, it means they their revelation of who God is is not built on the rock, you know, on the rock, which is, who is God to them? Notice what the disciples said. They said, some say you're this, some say you're that. So this is what happened. Kids graduate when the youth pastor is all about his revelation, all about his relationship with God. And these kids go off to college and they go, the, the, the instructor goes, why do you believe in God? Well, you know, my mom and dad, this is why they went to church. It's secondhand faith. Secondhand yeah. faith. That's exactly right, Tony. Like secondhand faith. And so they're saying, well, this is what my youth pastors used to say, or this is what my parents used to say. But they're saying, no, what do you believe? And most kids did not have that. Why? Because we have created accidentally a culture as ministers sometimes where we the, the people are following the man rather than Christ behind the man because of the failure of that minister to be able to show them how to seek God for themselves rather than just piggybacking off of their spirituality or how gifted they are in, in God. And, it, and really, like, it's so sad to see that. Because it's not built on, you know, you know, the faith specifically, you know, between them and God. And so, like I said, we, we implant it into our leaders. You do not tell a student, you know, what they should believe or what they should do. You lead them to find that because it says flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. I'm not the one revealing this revelation of who Jesus is to these kids. God is. I honestly pray every day. You know, God, take me out of the way. You know, when I actually step up before I minister, I actually say this every time, actually. Like Samson, I'm like, Lord, just one more time. Like, I'm not worthy to be here. You know, I'm, you know, I've, I'm not perfect. And I, I'll never forget, you know, you know, reading that passage and seeing Samson, you know, after all his mistakes, he stand between those pillars and he says, Lord, just one more time. And I actually pray that before every single one of my messages, Lord, just one more time. Just move one more time. And uh, remove me, get me out the way, and be the wheel with inside the wheel. That's what I say. And and when I get up front, I say, you know, how can I take the word of God, all you know, every scripture I can on this subject, and make it applicable that these kids can figure out the revelation that lies within it for themselves, and it's not my opinion. And that's what's so important to me in what you know, in this youth program. And, you know, I think us as youth ministers or really ministers you know, in general, but especially youth ministers, you know, we need to understand that it's our responsibility to help train these kids for the, for life, you know, yes. and, and obviously we hope, hopefully that we're helping their parents or maybe the pastor, but, you know, we might be the only major influence in their life. And, you know, it's not just about getting them till graduation. It's about training them for the rest of their life. And, you know, I know when I was youth minister, I filled out an application for someone to do some kind of summer program or whatever. And on that thing, they said, are you committed to help this student, you know, um, through graduation? And I wrote on there, I'm committed to help this student for the, for the rest of their life. Absolutely. And, and I think we, as, as, as youth ministers, need to understand that we're committed to help them for the rest of their life, and especially with, with social media now, mm-hmm. you know, so you know, your former students can stay in contact with you and hopefully that they'll, you know, they'll, 
you know, feel called to, to reach out like this young woman did when they're, when they're struggling. Well, that's yeah. the relational aspect yeah. of ministry. It's got to be there. Absolutely. Uh, you know, um, yeah, what you plant in them. I know the, the last church that Kim and I pastored, when we took that church, their, the youth ministry was non-existent. Yeah. And so um, we prayed about it and, and um, found a young couple that had desires in that arena and some gifts, mm -hmm. but just weren't ready. Right. And so Kim and I became the youth pastors. We were the senior pastors and we're the youth pastors. And so uh, we did youth on Sunday nights and had this young couple help us in over oh, a couple, two years, I guess, then handed it off, you know. Yeah. But um, but those kids, that core group that we built, uh, they're the leaders of that church today and other churches. Yeah. Um, and just thinking back while you were talking, you know, uh, we used to always um, – graduation time we would give them the uh personal mm -hmm. or they call it personal promise bible where your name's yeah. in there you know yep. yeah and um i'm thinking of one uh young girl now i mean she's um at that time had been through the youth group and graduated college and and she's up against it yep comes in sits down in my office crying and she's got that bible in her hand mm -hmm. that i gave her when she graduated high school mm -hmm. you know and you, you're able to once you've built a relationship authentically, mm -hmm. you know, um, around the truth, you know, yep. they know where to come to. Yep. Not just when they're a teenager, but when they're a young adult mm -hmm. on down the road. I love that you said the word, um, you know, authentic. Um, in 2016, when I was a youth pastor and I was mowing, <laughs> I actually was praying. That's where I did most of my praying is on a mower. And, uh, God spoke to me and he said, the pendulum of authenticity is swinging for this young generation. I didn't know what it meant when I first heard it, but I prayed on it for quite some time. And um, it was really cool. What God showed me was in second Corinthians. Um, I think first, first Corinthians chapter two, um, it says that, you know, if the princes of this age would have known, they never would have crucified the Lord. So actually um, Satan's job to remove the physical body of Christ from the earth because of what he was doing um, he thought he was winning by doing that, but little did he realize he made it worse for him because, you know, the, the spirit of God moved from the physical body of Christ into the mystical body of Christ. Now he's not battling one man, but now he's battling thousands. So if he would have known, he wouldn't have done it. So I actually, and what he showed me was that, um, when he said the pendulum authenticity is swinging, he showed me that scripture specifically. And he said, the devil doesn't know what he's doing. All the fake the Instagram, Facebook, you know, the filtered posts, the alliteration, the hype, all the fake stuff, the surface level stuff, the devil's shoving at this generation, but little does he realize that he's actually cornering a generation to hunger for what's real. Mm -hmm. He's actually making their appetite stronger and their hunger stronger for what's real. And so when I, when I heard that, the pendulum of authenticity is swinging like like these kids are so hungry for what's real and for what's like genuine and that's why when a you know a man comes in like you know our pastor pastor Hagen you know or you know a man of God comes into a room these kids like glue to their hip why because they don't see that at home you know their parents are 
are wishy-washy. They're jumping from job to job. They're, you know, doing drugs and alcohol, trying to find satisfaction, trying to find fulfillment. And these kids see someone who is walking in true satisfaction, true fulfillment that they've found in Christ. These kids like, like glue to them. And they're calling them all the time. They're texting them all the time. And I'm even myself, like I'm drawn to someone who's real, someone who's genuine. And so like, I, I love that fact that, you know, in our, in our services, we'll stop in the middle of worship. I'll stop right in the middle of my messages. If God is doing something, we're going to own that moment and we're going to allow God to do what God needs to do. Because if, if we make it about him, when he shows up, he's the, as authentic as it gets. And we center a whole service and youth program around the presence of God. And we stop and do what he wants to do. Man, these kids, when they experience it and they leave, all they want is more. I mean, and our jobs is effortless. Like when we've had it in youth, you told me to share like things that we've had happen in youth, you know, like um, we'll be in the middle of worship and God's presence shows up and these kids are crying. They're on their knees, just like arms out sobbing. And I got up there and, you know, I have a message because I have a series and God spoke to me and he says, if you say a word, he goes, you're going to ruin it. (laughs) And I'm like, so what, you know, sometimes it can feel awkward, but I think sometimes as ministry, we have to learn how to um, realize that there's no such thing as an awkward moment in the presence of God. When God shows up, people's attention's on them. If, if, if that moment is awkward to you, it's because your focus isn't on Jesus. Um, and I always tell people that if you feel awkward right now because we're not saying anything or doing anything, it's because your attention's on yourself um, and you care about what people think about you. But we've had it where I get up there and I don't say a word and kids just keep praying and they keep worshiping. And then all of a sudden, kids will tell me right after that moment um, because we just allowed it to go. They'll come up and they're like, yo, my... I, my arm was hurting. It got healed this service. You know, I rolled my ankle. My, I had, I took my brace off in the middle of service. We had one girl right, right after the worship session. Uh, and this is what I was sharing. We were talking about, um, kind of how to break chains in our life. She comes up to me and she just says in the middle of worship, she goes, um, you know, I, like I, she goes, I've been dealing with, I can't hear, you know, out of my, I think it was her left ear. She was partially deaf. And, um, She's, she started talking about what God was speaking to her in that moment, and she mentioned that, and I said, well, you don't have to live with that. And it just was boldness that came over me, and I was, again, following the Holy Spirit. I just said, you don't have to live with that. She's like, what are you talking about? I said, well, do you believe that Jesus heals? She goes, uh, I guess. I said, what do you mean you guess? I was like, either you do or you don't. And she goes, well, I, I mean, yeah, he heals. I said, okay, then let's pray. Put my hands on her ears, and I prayed, and... Um, she didn't say, uh, or afterwards I, I prayed and then, um, she repeated after me and then she, her eyes like popped open. She goes, Oh my gosh. She goes, she goes, I feel like tingling in my ear. And I said, but do you have it fully yet? And she's like, no. And I was like, okay, we're going to pray again. But this time I said, you're going to put your own hands on your ear. I said, I'm put my hands on your hands. I said, because the Jesus that works through me again, this is our moment again. It's not built on me. They can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to build, that they can do it for themselves. And so Jesus, you know, can work through you just as he works for me. So she put her own hands on her ears, and she began to pray, and I prayed with her. And then all of a sudden, she, she eyes 
go big. She starts sobbing immediately. She folds over and she she's bawling. And I she goes, my hearing aid is off. She goes, I can completely hear. And the best part was after that, I gave her a big old hug and we're walking out. And her mom just came to pick her up like a normal Wednesday night. She's walking towards the door. She comes up to her mom. Mom, I can hear out of both ears. Her mom's confused. What? Like it was like their second time coming to church. And she's like, what are you talking about? She goes, I was healed in that service. She goes, look. And she showed her mom her hearing aids and talked to her mom. Her mom folded over, started bawling. And her mom was talking about how she was just praying in the main service that her daughter would receive healing. You know, and it's like, if we don't allow, if we think what we have to say is more important in a service, we're not going to see stuff like that. We have to allow ourselves to really remove ourselves from the service and yield to the Holy Spirit and let him do what he needs to do. Because when that which is authentic shows up, you know, um, the hunger for it only grows. I heard this one time that how to grow hungry in the natural is you don't eat, but how to grow hungry in the spiritual is you keep eating. You taste and see that the Lord is good. So the more that we represent God and let God show up and rather than us show up, God show up in our services, the bigger the appetite grows in the kids for him to show up, then pretty soon you get to the place where I'll step up in the middle of a worship service and the hunger in the room is so strong that God is ministering specific messages and healing kids and I didn't have to do a thing. I'd go home and said that was the easiest service I've ever been a part of. <laughs> you know why? Because I'm out the way. And so, like, uh, like I said, the most important part is that Man, like, let's go back to allowing the presence of God to show up in the services and not interrupt it. Like, let it go. And yeah. if you feel awkward, it's because you, you're focused on you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if you felt awkward and you leave, you didn't get nothing out of it, that's on you. There's kids here that are encountering Jesus, yeah. though. And, and, you know, sometimes, um, not only in the youth ministry, but also in ministry in general, I've talked to pastors or whatever, and they've already planned out their curriculum for the next seven months or, or 10, 10 months. And, and I, I'm okay planning out, hey, we're going to talk about faith. We're going to do, you know, but, but mm-hmm. I mean, you need to be ready at any point in time to like, you know. And this service is in Planning Center. Yeah. Yeah. It's already lined out. Yeah. So already lined So it's, you know, to me, it's, it's always, it's been current events. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I was youth minister, you know, back when, you know, 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know, obviously these kids are coming to, to, um, church, you know, afraid. I, I was also youth minister, you know, during the Oklahoma City bombing. You know, you know, yeah. you know, nine eleven is one thing. That's New York City. Oklahoma City bombing is like seventy miles down the street. Yeah. You know, and, and so, you know, th- these people, I mean I mean they're they're afraid. And then uh, you know, obviously you you had to be youth minister during COVID. Yeah. And, and um <laughs> you know, and you talk about kids seeing hypocritical thing. I mean, you know, it's all about, you know, Unfortunately, a lot of hypocrisy because, you know, we, we believe that Jesus Christ died upon the cross and by his stripes we are healed and we shouldn't have fear. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of ministers, you know, that seem to have a lot of fear right now. Oh, yeah. You know, and so, like, do you believe or do you not believe? I mean, that's that's where we're at. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, condemn anybody, but, I mean, right. you know, God is real no matter what, no matter what we're going through. And, and obviously, I mean, you, you came, I guess, during COVID, right? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's that's all you've pretty much known, you know, right. here at, at, at Rainbow Bible Church. And so it's been, I'm sure that's, you know, a lot of these kids are dealing with fear and dealing with all kinds of yeah. issues. It's 
Well, one thing that's crazy is these kids are listening to everything. Yeah. What their parents are listening to on the news. And these kids are coming in, like, literally being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Just like the scripture says, literally, they don't know what to believe. And I, like, it's frustrating. But at the same time, I have to laugh at the devil because it makes it so much easier to minister if you are, you know, um, uh, a minister who's led by the Spirit because you know that when you get up to minister and you speak Jesus and you keep Jesus the message and you let the presence of God show up, that these kids are going to come to you like, you know, flies on, you know what, just because it's so real. It's so authentic. And it, it and it's so to me, I'm like, devil, keep keep pushing fake, keep putting fake news out there, keep doing all this stuff. Because what you're doing is you're making a generation more and more hungry for that which is real. And so you're making my job easier, actually. That's <laughs> the way I like to view it a little bit now. And um, and what's one thing that's else is uh, crazy, when I was, um, I was, uh, it's 2013, I was at a conference and Todd White was speaking, actually. And um, I was um, listening to this song and um, and right in the middle of the song, God spoke to me and he said, Zach, um, I will, um, I will restore the first commandment before I return. When he said that to me, um, I'll never forget. Uh, I, I, that was in the middle of the worship session. I wrote that down. Then Todd White got up to speak, and it was a powerful service. And at the end of the service, he said, "If you feel like you are a forerunner for the return of Christ, that you are you are being sent to 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 prepare." this next young generation for the return of Jesus. He said, I want you to run down to this altar. And man, there was 20,000 people at this conference and people just started running up. And then halfway through people running up, he said, if you are not serious and you, and you are going to walk out of here and, and live differently than the way you came, um, he said, then God will strike you dead. And I'll never forget, <laughs> half, of the, half of the people that ran down turned around and went back to their seat. They circled back. They circled back. <laughs> yeah. Name of this podcast, Circle <laughs> Back. <laughs> no. uh, uh, and, but I, I kept running because that was the year that I fully gave my life to Jesus. And I'm at this conference, and I ran up front, and I'll never forget that the power of God fell in that service, and I'm, I'm sitting down there. And I'm a junior, a junior summer, about to go into my senior year, and uh, that word stuck so strong to me. And I'll forget that service. My hands, um, he prayed specifically for an anointing, you know, for healing in the last days, revival and stuff. And I'll never forget sitting in that service as a young minister, and my hands just got super, super hot, super hot. And uh, I didn't understand that fully, but I wrote it down, and what was crazy was I— uh, um, when I went home and started ministering, there's been times, and I'm not trying to be weird spiritually or anything like that, just being honest, that I've had times right in the middle of ministering where um, my hands have gotten hot. And like, it re I remember that moment. It was like a service of impartation, I guess, that I, it being in that service. And um, I'll stop right in the middle of my message, like whatever I'm saying, and I'll say, if you need a touch from God, just get down here right now. And ever since that, like, like I'll, I'll have it come up, and we'll lay hands on kids, and it's just like you see healing 
and restoration and, you know, repentance and kids getting filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, it happened at camp like three nights in a row. And it's never happened to me that that frequently. I think, you know, like you said, you know, um, they always say that the anointing within you, you know, that grows by your hunger. But the anointing upon you, that grows by the people's hunger. These kids were so hungry at camp this year. I've never felt such a pull in all my life. And halfway through preaching, every single time, every night at camp, I never had that frequent, my hands would get hot. And I'd say, if you need if you need Jesus, if you need repentance, if you need filled with the Holy Spirit, you need anything you need, just get down here. And kids would come down. And I, man, I remember just one kid after the next, like I just put my hand on them and they would just collapse. Like, they wouldn't even collapse backwards. They had, like, they were, we had catchers there, of course, but there was no need because they would fall forward. They would fall straight down. And we saw kids with on crutches throw their crutches onto the side. Kid with a cat, like an ankle bracelet, throw it into the crowd, just start jumping up and down. <laughs> he literally started doing a running man up on stage. And, uh, and then kids just get filled with the Holy Spirit. And we didn't have to teach it. Yeah, We didn't have to teach that. Like, hey, start saying some syllables and it'll come. No. You lay your hands on some of these kids, and some of them, like, they didn't even know, they didn't even know, like, anything about God before they came to this camp. They actually got saved at the camp, and then I lay, we lay hands on them, and they just immediately start speaking out in tongues. No coaching, no nothing. I'm like, that is authenticity. That's God. Yeah. And, and kids are so hungry for it, and they don't think it's weird. I don't think kids think it's weird anymore. I think they're at a point where they're so... They're so hungry for it that, um, you know, they see it and they want it, you know. And I think that's sometimes us as ministers, you know, we think, well, these kids can't handle this or, or, or whatever. I mean, that, that's, that's stupid. I mean, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. and the thing about it is because I know I've, I've heard many, many kids have, have told me said they want to see the authentic. They, they want yes. it. They want to see the real, you know. And so the, the times that you might think are, are the most you know, woo woo, supernatural, you know, stuff. They want to see that because, you know, like I said, a lot of times they've heard about things or maybe they've seen videos or they've seen, you know, all kinds of, but they want to see it for themselves. Yeah. They want to experience it for, for themselves. And, but like I said, the more that kind of stuff happens, then they come expecting. Yes. Now, whenever used to back in the eighties or whatever, we would say, well, come back tonight with your expectors turned on, but most people didn't. You know, but, yeah. but, you know, we really should come to a, any service, what, yeah. whatever it might be, whether we're adults, youth, children, whatever, and we expect God to move. We, we expect God to speak to us every service. I know I've been in services um, in where the minister will read a scripture, and that scripture wasn't the scripture I needed, but a lot of times I'll look at the next scripture down, and the next scripture down mm-hmm. was the answer that I, I was looking for, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and it wasn't, the minister never even said the scripture, yeah. but, 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 you know, that scripture, because I like to read things in context, sometimes scripture before, scripture after, and I'm like, that scripture ministered to me, you know, and yeah. in, 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 you know, the preacher never preached on that scripture, this, yeah. but, but, you know, if you come expecting, God's going to minister to you somehow, you know, some way, you know, and like, you know, it's just, you know, come, come ready. Yeah, we, you know, what you said, I, I want to, um, piggyback off that too is um actually a lot of youth podcasts and stuff um and if there's any youth pastors listening um they're telling you to speak to the most immature people in the room like spiritually most immature the baby christians in the room um i would say strongly don't believe that for a minute 
because um, right now we are actually teaching in the book of Revelation, and we're, te- we're, ta- we're literally talking about the four levels of spiritual warfare, and I have kids who just got saved last week who think it's the greatest service we've ever done. We're not talking about, hey, go sit with that kid at lunch. We're not talking about, you know, um, you know hey, you're going to get through this hardship. You know, like we're not constantly just being, um, I would say, uh, you know, encouraging speakers. Like we're talking about the word. We're, we're like talking about these deep things like the, the four sets of seven things that happen in the book of Revelation at the last days. And these kids, man, are like absorbing it. They're, they're, they're pulling it right out of you. And uh, so I would say to any youth pastors listening to, like, like speak to the most spiritually mature, which actually gives kind of a, um, a point that these other kids can look up to and stop, grow. Stop dumbing down the room. Stop yeah. dumbing down the room. Mm-hmm. And, and some kids think, like, to be honest, I think the generation we have right now is one of the smartest generations we have because of our smartphones. These kids yeah. know a whole heck of a lot more than we think. And uh, to be honest, it's like I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw what we would call the deep things of the Word of God, which is actually just the Word of God. Like, like let's stop protecting this generation from the Word. Like, oh, we can't talk about that because it's Stephen being stoned. Okay, yeah, but like, let's talk about like, let's talk about that. You know, being a Christian is not always easy. Uh, you're going to get made fun of. But actually, our, our identity and who we are in Christ is so much more important than what people think about us, you know, and doing the will of God. And so, like, I would say stop dumbing down the word, quit watering it down, because I'm preaching, like, literally, um, you know, Revelations chapter 4, the throne room of God. And these kids are saying that it's actually changing their prayer life, because now when they pray, they, they, pray, they actually have a visual. Like, I'm like, and yeah. some people would be like, don't preach on that, because it's you know, the sea of glass and seven golden lampstands and cher- seraphim with six wings, and then my kids don't understand it. They watch sci-fi, they understand they, it. They, yeah. they watch Marvel movies. <laughs> yeah. They know how yeah. to understand it. Well, and that's the thing is we don't think about that these kids are being hit with the supernatural all the time. A lot mm-hmm. of times it's, it's the evil powers that they're hit with a lot of times, you know, and, and so they're interested in supernatural things, you know, and they want to hear about, about God. Yeah. But, but you know, something else, too, I know when, when I did youth ministry, number one, like I got plenty of, of books in my office right now that I don't think I ever cracked, you know, very few. I never tried to pattern myself after anybody else because most of the time they were pretty much it was all about elementary type type stuff. Yeah. You know, you know, and and I did youth ministry. You know, at that time I was on the road preaching quite a bit. And I didn't change. I mean, I, I preached to the to the students just the same, just like I preached to the adults. And, and in fact, um, my my ministry that I do today is pretty much you know same I, I always did in the youth ministry. In fact, some of the things I pulled out, some of the illustrations, they were like old illustrations I used in youth ministry. Yeah. Um, you know, just I just kind of pulled them out, you know, for adults. Um, you know. Yeah. And um, you know, it, I mean you. These kids can handle it. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I, I, I well, now one thing I did in youth ministry because God's always um, used me in the um, healing anointing. Actually, for a long time that I, I didn't, you know, sometimes we had special healing services, but but then all of a sudden, you know, God kind of got on to me. So every time I ministered to the youth at the end, I would always, you know, offer, yeah. you know, you know, if someone needs healing. I mean, you know, come down here and expect to receive same same way I do 
in, in synergy, which is young adult. And that's one thing too. The, the biggest thing in, in my life, I will say that I, I feel more called um, to the kids between 18. I used to say 18 and 22, but maybe 18 and 25 or even 18 and 30 now, you know, what we, we call the hole. Mm. A lot of times kids get out of youth ministry and then they fall into this hole where, where they're trying to, you know, well, do I really believe what I believe when, it, you know, right. when I had to go to, you know, a lot of times when they're in youth ministry, you know, they, were, they felt obligated to go, but now I'm on my own. I'm in college. I'm here. I'm there. So a lot of times that's when they fall away. Yeah. And so even when I was doing youth ministry, my heart really started being led to help these kids get through, you know, the point in time where a lot of them fall away. And, and so, and I've felt called to minister to young adults. And in fact, um, if you ever heard me minister whenever I pray, I pray, always pray for revival. Yes. And I pray for revival um, to this nation, but I always pray for revival to this generation. generation yeah. mm. And um, specifically because I've always felt called to this generation. Now, as I get older, this generation, you know, it was the Y generation, and now it's the Z generation, or whatever generation it is now. You know, so, you know, I, I'm part of the X generation. You know, yeah. the, you know I guess I'm an X man. <laughs> That's awesome. Or baby busters. Yeah. Or busters. Yeah. So, but, you know, I, I just feel called because I, I see so many people that, that, are, that are, they don't know who they are in Christ. Yeah. And, you, you know, we, we don't have to wait till we get out of youth group or, or out of you know, children's church to, to learn. We should learn who we are in Christ whenever we're a young adult. Right. And, you know, one thing that I was taught and I used to teach, I said, said, you know, when you when someone gets saved as a, as a young a, a ch- child or, a, a, um, you know, in the youth, they're kind of a little more like Play-Doh. But once they get, you know, 18, 19, 20, then, then, then older, they, they become more and more like stone. It's really hard to remold stone. It's, it's easier to remold um, um, Play-Doh or clay or, yes. or whatever, you know, because people get set in their ways. And, and they, yep. they, you know, it's, it's really hard to unteach things. You know, it's better to teach them the first time. Yeah. You know, Hitler said, give me your youth today and I'll c- control tomorrow. Yes. And actually, when you study Hitler, he changed all of Germany, you know, from teenagers. It started with actually grooming teenagers because they were the most moldable. And I'm like, okay, so if if we want to change the world now and, and we want to change our church culture, we want to, we want to change anything, it starts with having an effective children's and youth ministry, if you don't have that in your church and that's not a primary focus, you know, and it's like babysitting, like you said, um, I'm sorry, your church is going to fail. It's going to, it's going to stop because these young people are going, are the ones who are going to change, you know, they're going to change the world. And uh, to me, I'm like, if Hitler's thinking that way, you know, and he did it, then we should be doing that with the kingdom of light rather than him using it, the kingdom of darkness. And if you follow what's going on today. I mean, they're kind of, they're kind of following that Hitler's pattern pattern. I mean, they're, they're, right. they're, they're trying to reeducate the youth and, you know, they started with the colleges yep. and, you know, and, you know, been pretty secular teaching in the colleges and now they're moving down to the high school and, and even junior high level. And, and you, we see that through, through all kinds of different things going on. Now here's something else that always kind of bothered me quite a bit. I mean, I grew up in public school. I mean, um, I had the chance to go to any school I wanted to go to. My parents number of times, you know, said, hey, you want to go to a private school? I'm like, no, I mean, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. And the, the bad thing about it, I, I know when, when my kids, my, my kids started out in, in public school, um, and, um, and I know kindergarten, for, for actually first grade and second grade, go to parent-teacher night, and I get thanked by the teachers. Yes. 
thank you for sending your kid to public school because, man, we need light That's in our right. public school. You know, and a lot of times, too, when we don't realize as we take our kids out of public school, then we're taking the Christians out of public school and, and we're taking, you know, some, some lightness out of public school. I don't mean, it's not, it's not a black, white thing. I'm talking about, about yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I gotta, you got to describe these kind of things now. I'm, yeah, no, I'm, talk, yeah. I'm talking about, you know, we're taking Christianity a lot of times, you yeah. know, and, and so, and, and plus too, some people, I know that they, there's nothing wrong with sending your kids to private school, but sometimes that we, we do it for the wrong reasons because we're afraid exactly. that, that they're going to, you know, fall in this. But you know, at some point in time, your kids are going to be exposed to, to other people who yeah. aren't, 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 Exactly. Don't have the, the motives. And, you know, the younger they learn, the, the easier it will be when they go to college, yeah. um, you know, or wherever they, they go, because there's, there's always going to be a chance. Yeah. You know, and here's something else that some of you might need to think about. Um, when someone gets in trouble at, at public school, usually they end up in a Christian school um, because, um, yeah. because they think that will help them. And so, it's, right. you know, sending your kid to Christian school is not going to necessarily going to keep them away from you know, from bad stuff or whatever. And to be honest, we need to equip our parents to actually um, live the life as parents. Yeah. So when your kids come home um, and they have a question or they're battling with something, like you actually um, can tell them like, hey, that's wrong. This is what the word of God says. And like use it as a teaching moment rather than protect them from it. You know, like use that as a teaching moment with your kid. I mean, I'm thankful that I was in public school, you know, Though I got into things that I that I shouldn't have, but yet I knew I knew they were wrong. But the problem, the good thing was, is that at least like it wasn't until I was you know eighteen or nineteen that I was first introduced to it. Like my dad was having these conversations when I was in sixth grade. Why? Because I was introduced it at a younger age when I was more moldable than I am when I'm older. Where then I'm it's it's quicker I get set in my ways and, and what I'm being introduced to, but. And before I get any nasty letters or emails or whatever, I um, just want to let you know that uh, I have I have been responsible for seven children, some of my own, some you know, three of my own, f- four stepkids. And my kids have gone to public school, Christian school, private school, and homeschool. So it, it, they, they, they've, they've done it all. I got four grandkids, and I have some grandkids in Christian school, some grandkids in public school. So, I mean, so I've experienced, you know, all the different schools. Um, you know, in fact, my kids have gone to like three or four different Christian schools here and you know, in the Tulsa Broken Arrow area, you know, and so it's in, and Cameron and, and Samantha both homeschooled. So, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, they've done it all. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not anti this or anti that, you know, the, the main thing is that we need to equip our kids to be, to be able to live in this world and not only just graduate, but, but be able to live in this world for the rest of their life right. and, and to be a light to a dark world, because I mean, that's, that's for so important. And, and, you know, like I said, they need to experience God for themselves. Right. Um, and uh, I know that um, whenever, when I was doing youth ministry, we actually went out to an advertising convention um, out, out in um, Los Angeles, California. And the, the speaker that I wanted, we wanted to hear, there was the, they, um, um, PBS actually did a documentary called The Mer- Merchants of Cool. And they interviewed one of, the, um, um, one of the vice presidents of MTV. And um, he and he talked about how MTV was trying to sell coolness to the young generation, and so he was speaking um, at this conference as well as many other things. I mean, just to kind of let you know who was there. The person sat next to me; they work for Nike. Um, 
the other people that were there in the room worked for Sony, um, all, all the major music studios, all, all the major movie studios, Paramount. I mean, all, all, I mean that, that's who was at Apple computers. I mean, you know, that we had the people there. Anyone who markets the teenagers um, was there. And um, so this guy, his name is Todd Cunningham. I'm not sure what his, he might, what his, his um, doing there. But anyway, he was right before his, his conference. Um, we actually talked with him. They had a little breakfast area, whatever. And he goes, me and, um, and Brent Bailey, who's my youth minister with me, he goes, you're going to really like what I have to say um, in, my, in my speak. He goes, he, goes, he goes, why? He goes, because we have done an analysis and we found out the kids today, they're not anti-religious, and, and in fact, you know they are. Reli- I mean, I mean they, they want they they want to hear about spiritual things, but but they want to serve their own God. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and he was talking about uh, about how they have marketed and, and found out from, from marketing that these people want to they want they want to hear about God. So I said, so how is that going to change your MTV programming? And he says it's not, um, but it's what we're fighting against. So, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Wow. Now, wow. also, he did give us his, his notes, and we actually taught his notes in school for, for you know, in, in RBTC, you know, uh, about how what this generation wants to see. Now, well, the coolest part about it is, is that um, lunchtime that they had roundtables, and we found out that me and Brent were the most popular people in the room. And we're like, you know, we're just from, we're just from a church, you know, a ministry or whatever. You know, why, why do you guys want to talk to us? He goes, they, every one of them says, well, we market to teenagers. You're around them, you know, all the time. Mm. So we want to pick your brain. We want to find out what these kids are like, you know, because we don't know. We're, we're just marketers. And mm. also they were impressed that a church would, you know, because, you know, we, we have to realize as a, as a church, we're, it's, it's all about marketing. It's about, it's, about, yeah. it's about reaching, you know, our generation. And so that was one of the most interesting conferences I ever went to. What wasn't any spiritual conference? It wasn't anything. It was just talking about, you know, it was called "What Kids Want," mm-hmm. and um, you know, and so they they taught us from a from a level, uh, from a natural level, what kids want, and That's so amazing. and so it was it was pretty cool. And actually, um, because of some some things, actually, we actually had a sponsorship with with Vans Shoes for a while. We actually because uh, the the girl who's who was running vans actually is, is her dad's the one who started the company. And so she was, she was giving us free vans shoes. We were, um, we actually then were worked with some movie studios and, and uh, remember Evan almighty that, that movie came out. Yep. Um, so we, we, we went to Hollywood and saw the premiere and, and worked with, you know, they had, uh, they had a, a, a um, spiritual thing with that, you know, so it was, it was pretty cool. That's um, awesome. Just, you know, but, but man, we have a, a young people who, who are, they're hungry today. Oh yeah, and and I think that we as ministers, or especially youth ministers, need to go out and reach this generation. You know, maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, "Man, you know, I, I'd like to make a difference in a teenager's life or whatever." Maybe you 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 think that you maybe called to youth ministry. I encourage you to check out Rama Bible Training College. You know, whether you feel called to the ministry or feel you just want to learn more about the Word of God. Rama Bible Training College is a place to do that. And if you'll just go to, to your computer, go to your smartphone, go to rbtc.org, you can find out plenty of information about Rama, what it's all about, um, learn about our curriculum you know, here. Uh, we actually are America's most affordable Bible college as well. So some of you might be you know, concerned about how much it costs. Um, 
Um, we're, we're, we're pretty cheap here, here at Raymond. Not cheap, inexpensive, I should, yeah, I should say. Affordable. You know, affordable. And in fact, um, you know, a whole year is, I think, $4,050 for, for a whole year. I mean, which that's, you know, you can't go to a semester of college for, for, for that, that cheap. Um, and so just give us your information, your, your, your email, your phone number, and we'll have one of our student ambassadors give you a call and, and talk to you about Rama Bible Training College. You know, and, and I said, one of my favorite things is to do is to be able to teach um, here at Rama and to be able to teach. Now, not only we have a lot of young people who, who come out of high school, even out of college, you know, 18, 22, but then we have a lot of, of folks that are making what I call a career change. I mean, they're, they're, they're in their 30s, and, and they're like, you know, they don't know what to do or, or whatever. In fact, you know, I know a lot of people through this whole COVID thing, their, their, their world's flipped upside down. And they're like wondering, you know, what, what am I supposed to do? And so that might be a good time to consider coming to Rainbow Bible Training College. And um, um, we're accepting applications right now for the 2021-2022 school year that starts September the 1st. Yep. And so um, if you already know you might want to come to school, go on there and just apply, right, you know, today. So anyway, Zach, you want to say anything else before we finish today's program? No, I just I I just want to encourage uh, youth pastors what I said earlier, um, and that is uh, don't chase the hype, chase after what's authentic. Actually, live this thing out. You know, um, be an example to these kids, not just in your words, but in your actions. And then also, like you know, Craig was saying, if you are interested in youth ministry, I definitely highly recommend RBTC and the classes that we're teaching here. Um, you know, on how to build a um, effective youth ministry and how to do it right, you know, how to build around the presence of God. So, yeah, I definitely encourage you to check out RBTC. So, hey, also, too, may, maybe they might want to you know, find out what, what we're doing here with, with our youth. You know, maybe they're, on, they're online or, or they're, you know, on Facebook, Instagram or whatever. T- tell them how to hook up with, you know, if they want to see what we're doing here at Rainbow Youth. Yeah, um, you can actually follow us on, on Instagram at RaymaYTH underscore. Uh, and then also you can go to our new youth website, actually. It's uh, Um And check out there. We um, have some small group stuff on there. We have events on there, uh, like Summer Blitz. You can actually bring your youth group to Summer Blitz. Um, it's actually July 26th through the 30th. During camp meeting. Uh, during camp meeting. And we got amazing speakers lined up for that. Um, so there's a lot going on. And then also um, feel free to just you know call in. To the office, um, we actually really enjoy helping out youth ministries. We have resources and things that um, we we give out to help out because I know so many of you. Um, just building a youth ministry myself from scratch, I know how hard it is uh, when you have so many other different job responsibilities. So if you need help, reach out to us. We would love to uh, help you out. So and if you want to email them, it's it's zmorris yep. at rama dot org. Um, you can you can email them. Um, and you know, like I said, if you if you're a youth pastor out there, or maybe you're a pastor out there, you know, and, and you, you need some help in the youth youth area. I mean, we're we're willing to help out. Also, maybe you are uh, you're looking for a, a youth um, a youth pastor. You can t- tell them, Tony how how to ministerial you know, opportunity. Go on to rama.org/alumni, and if you are um, if you are a Rama graduate, you can go on there and view. Uh, open opportunities on the ministry opportunities tab. And regardless of who you are, Rama grad or not, you can go on there and register under ministerial opportunities as an employer and then post 
uh, your open opportunity. Maybe you're looking for a youth pastor. Maybe you're looking for a children's minister, etc. There's a place you can post all that, and it comes by my desk and then goes live to the Internet, and all of our alumni worldwide can log in and look at that. And so, like I said, if you happen to be a pastor out there and, and you're looking for a youth minister or associate pastor or, or whatever, you know, you know, you can always, you know, get one of our fine graduates. You know, yeah. that's that, that's what we do. We, we, we train men and women to go out and, and to, to minister the word. Right. And if you're listening and you're not an alumni, I'll tell you an easy way to remember it, slash jobs. And that'll take you straight to the ministerial opportunities portal that's on our alumni website. So rema.org slash jobs. Amen. Well, thanks, Zach, and we'll, we'll have you on, on another program you know, sometime in the future. Amen. Well, here at Rama, we're bringing hope, hope help, and, and healing, healing to the world. world. God bless you guys. You have a wonderful day.